0: This is the podcast you're looking for.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. And this week, we are diving into... The last of Andor, because, wow, the last few episodes were truly amazing, and the finale was a-, a beautiful piece of artwork, just like the entire show. Some of the best writing that I've experienced in any show. <laughs> yeah,
0: ever. It's it's beautiful. It's like a work of art, like you said. It's phenomenal. And they, they, they stuck the landing. <laughs> yes, which, where, with anything, you're always so nervous that all the way up to the last minute, and even with this one, post-credits, yes, there was a little seed. Oh, and God. You're just, you're just like, oh, are they going to do it? They're going to do it?
1: <laughs> so, okay, so round of applause. Tony Gilroy. Yes. Thank you, Tony Gilroy, Diego Luna, everyone. Magnificent performance. Beautiful writing Absolutely spectacular acting on everyone's fucking point. Down to the, like, smallest role, everyone
0: was completely believable.
1: Yes. And the finale, which, I mean, we'll stick to talking mostly about the finale today, but we have to cover, you know, some things about the the episodes leading up to the finale because, holy cow.
0: Yeah, we have, I think the last episode we covered was episode seven, so we have a, yeah. a lot between... <sighs> man we never did an episode about one way out <sighs> I'm still not over it <laughs> I know it haunts me that episode haunts me still Okay all
1: right round of applause Andy circus <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking genius we all know this right yes. Everything he's ever done from voice acting to fucking Golem to to this role he's planet of the apes right <laughs> yeah. I he's such a well-rounded actor and he's believable and he's emotional and you get invested. And this is my thing. I love Tom Hanks, right?
0: And Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks
1: is in a lot of movies, but I forget when I'm watching him that it's Tom Hanks and that's the sign of a good actor or actress. Right. And that's the, how I feel about Andy circus. And I forgot I was watching Andy circus in those episodes with him and the ending of the one way out was uh, yes just one uh. dagger to my heart
0: <laughs> seriously i the whole episode like, oh god right from beginning all the way to the end and watching his transformation oh it was great he becomes so panicked even though he's been the like rock solid Yep, One yep. on the floor the whole time. And, like, get this crazed look in his eyes when he's like, come on, guys, you can win this round. Like, don't fuck up. Right. And now he's just losing his shit. That scene with him and Cassian at the very beginning. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So good. Where Cassian's saying, like, power doesn't panic. Right. And how- I'd rather die fighting them than giving them what they want. And then Keto says that
1: later. That That was beautiful. I I love that part the most. The speech, right?
0: Me too. Because (laughs) at first he's just, I don't know what was holding him back. Maybe because what you said, it seems like he knew he wasn't going to be able to get out from the beginning.
1: I really, truly believe when you are stuck in a position like that, all you have is your mind. Because you don't have a choice. You don't have anything right and so you stick to the one thing that sustains you and for him it was his countdown of how many Mm -hmm. shifts he had left and if he just stayed the straight and narrow maybe someday you know that little glimmer of hope but he knew if he tried to break out he wasn't going anywhere yeah but he did it for the people everyone else and that's what made him a hero the sacrifice is incredible
0: and he says his name over the speaker so they know who he is. I just, I'm so worried about him. <laughs> I think the whole world has
1: not stopped thinking about Kino. I, I in my brain, he got out somehow. I Somehow. Grab something and, and float. Tony Gilroy
0: said he, he said he didn't die.
1: So. Oh, good.
0: Okay. But that could not, that could mean God, something not good. Just... He could be Snoke. He could be.
1: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. It's possible.
0: <laughs> I think Batita said she checked the timeline and it could work. He could have been taken by the Emperor and had experiments done or something. He's the I... voice
1: of Snoke.
0: Yeah, I know. That's so.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> it makes I wasn't. Sense. Yeah, that's okay. what I was
0: saying. Okay. <laughs>
1: Oh, fuck Palpatine. Anyway. Because
0: Andy Serkis did say around this time, he said something online about how he would love to know more about Snoke's backstory, and then this episode came out. Oh, no, don't, out,
1: don't say and it. And I, no.
0: I was like, are you saying that because
1: this is Snoke's backstory? I won't accept this. <laughs> I can't accept it. I won't. My heart can't take it. No. <laughs> no. In my mind, he took uh, one of the bad guys, killed him, threw him over, jumped, And then use the body as a floating device. I like it. Okay. (laughs) Bodies float, so I'm assuming. Yeah.
0: Without a raft. I loved his speech because at first he was kind of timid and shy. And then he looks at Cassian and starts using Cassian's words. And you see this look in Cassian's eyes. Like, what's happening? The dynamic is changing
1: here. Cassian's a leader. Whether he wants to be or not, he's a leader.
0: Yeah, and I love seeing him by the very end of the show. He comes into this beautiful full circle where you mm-hmm. see he looks more like Cassian from Rogue One and the way very he true. talks and says to the group like I will find you. It's not about surviving anymore. It's about having a code that he lives by or some sort of like keeping his word actually means something now, you know. It yeah. was really rewarding
1: to see After Marva's stunning speech. Uh, Okay, Mm. how cool is it to have, like, a post-mortem speech? Why don't we do that?
0: We would be so moving. I
1: feel like that would be really weirdly poetic to have that. It's your final word. Why wouldn't you record it and save it you know i mean tony stark did it in the avengers so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, your last will and testament
1: <laughs> right <laughs> uh i guess mine would say star wars is pain <laughs> <laughs> that's all it needs to that's say. that's all it needs to say but you know what um they they disney robbed us of what marva was supposed to say right
0: i do yes i know which maybe someday we'll get the outtake of that. Yeah, but.
1: yeah. Uh, um, I do love the fact that she was supposed to say fuck the Empire, but I think we all know that that's exactly what she meant anyway. And just oh, yeah. just knowing that that was supposed to be her final word <laughs> is good enough <laughs> so for me great. because she's the HBIC, head bitch in charge of Ferrex and everyone.
0: Yeah, I loved seeing how much the community loved her.
1: Oh, the the communal what what they built on ferrix with the community itself with the music and the procession and the mm-hmm. the uniforms yeah. and what did they chant sky and stone sky and stone i think that's beautiful yes and
0: rebecca pointed out one of our patrons pointed out that Luthen's kyber they gave to cassian was a, a sky stone well holy shit it's like a sky kyber so i i was like that's a really interesting tie-in i wonder you know nothing is no an accident
1: on this show not at all that's beautiful actually
0: i i love i loved the whole vibe of ferrix honestly well
1: now that i know what they do with the ashes it's fucking fantastic They pour it into the bricks that continue to hold up the foundation of the place where they lived. That is beautiful.
0: Yeah. And your name is on it so you can find that person on the wall and like, like when Cassian, oh God. Oh God, God, that was awful, wasn't it? It's so painful. So painful and one of my favorite scenes, honestly. I love the dynamic between Cassian and Clem and Marva Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because- they're not a perfect family unit, you know? There's tension. Obviously, they have fights and disagreements, but there's real deep love there, and it's really fucking refreshing to see that dynamic in a family because so many times in TV shows and movies, the tension in the the story comes from tension in the family or, like, kids fighting with their parents. and It's like, not everyone loves their parents, Sometimes people still love their parents when they're (laughs) grown-ups.
1: Yeah, or at least respect them. Like, it was very clear Cassian respected both of them.
0: Yes, and that they taught him really important life lessons.
1: Yes, and he loved. He loved them. It was clear. He did the best he could. They did the best they could. I think it's beautiful. And uh, Clem's quote, I'm going to try and read some of these quotes from the finale, because I think they were all very beautiful. And they, this is what really got me, were some of the main quotes of the episode. Clem, as Cassian is having his little flashback memory, Clem says, people don't look down to where they should. They don't look down. They don't look past the rust. Not us, though, eh? Eyes open, possibilities everywhere. And I love that as a symbol, you know? I do, too. I do, too, and...
0: It made me think for a second that maybe that's why he saw something in Jin. Yes. Like didn't see in herself at first. Yeah. And they kind of talk about that a little bit more in the book because they're inside the character's head more. But that he sees like a need in Jin's eyes Mm -hmm. and can't help himself but to help her. That was such a beautiful moment with
1: Clem. Totally. And it's. I loved the symbolism of it because the rebellion wasn't as polished and pretty and expensive as the empire was, right? So they were always looked down upon like scrappers and they were just a hoodlums or something, a scrappy bunch put together, thrown together, you know, and they, you think about it in rebels, you think about it in Rogue One and of course in the original trilogy, They're literally scrapping things together to pull this rebellion off. And that's looking past the rust to the beautifulness that's in the rebellion and past the shiny parts, which is the empire. They have all the opulence, but none of the heart. And so the ability to see past the rust, I I love that phrase because they were just talking about whatever they were cleaning those parts. You know, you can make something beautiful out of something that appears broken or, Mm -hmm. you know, past its prime. I, I just loved it. It was so simple. It's the writing in this show, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my God. I, know, I can't shake my head hard at everything
0: that you're saying right now because it's so, you're so right. You know, they're all about the underestimated, the underdog.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look at, oh my God. When fucking Deidre went down, it was, her acting <laughs> was fantastic too. And she's clawing, I felt that. She's clawing through the people in this, they're stampeding and stepping all over and kicking her and, I thought she yeah. was a goner for sure. I <laughs> did She was like, wow, she got hit with a rock. Oh, wow, she got
0: kicked in the face. Yeah, like <laughs> that's
1: crazy. That's brutal. And I wouldn't have been sad if, I mean, her acting and her character is so interesting yeah. and vital at this point that I would have missed her if they'd have killed her off. But Of course.
0: But there was something weirdly satisfying yes! to see that after what she did to Bix and how ruthless oh. she is just in every way. I love that because we don't get to see that with female characters very often. An ambitious yeah. woman like yeah. this and they did it on purpose. I mean, they've even said they made you root for her in the first few episodes, and then you see this ruthlessness in her and you're like, Oh, she is a scary woman <laughs> Right. Yeah, she <laughs> Don't get on her bad side.
1: <laughs> well well Cyril really is trying not to get on what is why Can we are you talk so... about <laughs> Cyril, I have a question. Why are you so goddamn creepy? Why? Why?
0: <laughs> okay. I, I'm i really uncomfortable with the, like, romantic I don't like it either.
1: Yeah, I don't like it either. No.
0: It does not ring true to her character no. whatsoever to me. Nope. And I'm actually really irritated that they would even bring romance in. Could we just have one fucking character, female character, that doesn't have to be swept off her feet well, somehow? Well, now, hold on. Like,
1: hold on. I, I am not sold yet that this is going to turn into a romance. I think he's already, Cyril is already head over heels, right? I think she's just learning how to respect somebody.
0: I <laughs> yeah, think it might like, just be
1: at that level.
0: They filmed it, though, like they were romantic. Like the cinematography was intimacy, at true, least, i True, true. So that doesn't necessarily have to be romantic intimacy, but still, like, it made me extremely uncomfortable. I hope that was the point.
1: (laughs) I, I, it was, I don't like any of it. Now, I'm not saying I don't like the actor and the actress. I'm saying the character, the character, they are both playing themselves very well. They're characters, I should say. Yes. uh, I don't, I can't think of Cyril's actual, the actor's name off the top of my head but he does a fantastic job okay i don't think he's a fucking creep in real life <laughs> no but he no, does he's a fantastic such a good actor job, yeah yes. that we believe it <laughs> like when he shows up at the at the imperial the isb and she's like, "What the fuck what the fuck are you doing here and i'm like exactly get out of here cyril you creep yes. like
0: and she's like, like are you stalking me yeah <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? She's such a badass. She's so scary, too. But the fact that she's scary like that and it doesn't put him off. No. (laughs) He just doubles down on
1: how much he likes her. Look at his mother. He's been dealing with strong women his whole life. Maybe it's a thing for him. I love that woman. She's a spitfire, isn't she? (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. When he gets the phone call in the middle of the night and her response is, the mystery of your former triumphs has been vanquished. <laughs> I fucking love that. It's just like, I can sleep peacefully now. It's like, you are just such a ruthless bitch. And I love Ruthless.
1: It. <laughs> it's so heartless.
0: God, oh. she's my
1: hero. Yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> uh, she's small, but very mighty. <laughs> yes.
0: There was that moment where he, he told her she had, he had gotten a promotion and her personality switched and she was like, I'm so proud. There's a moment he picks a piece of cereal up off the kitchen table and stares at it and throws it into his bowl. And my immediate subconscious response, or maybe it was conscious, I don't know, was he's going to murder her. (laughs) Oh,
1: (laughs) I mean, maybe. Maybe. Shit. I was
0: like, cinematically, that looks like he's going to kill her. He's
1: about to snap. If Deidre (laughs) turns him down and his mother keeps on him, he's going to murder a lot of people, me thinks.
0: Yes, yes, I think you're right.
1: He doesn't handle rejection well, as we've seen. He's going to snap.
0: Oh, there's
1: so much to cover. There's so many, like... Let's go back to uh, One Way Out. Okay. One, just one more time, because the guy, the character who ends up with Cassian at the end, he ends up on Scar- on Scarif. He's part yes. of the. Yes, he's Melshi, so he makes it. Yes, yes, he makes it. Except
0: he doesn't. Scarif, it. right? But
1: his uh, his escape was not in vain. He went on to go- do greater things.
0: I I loved that. Was it the ending of that one or the ending of the next one? I guess it's the ending of the next episode, The Daughter of Ferrix," where yeah. they've escaped and they go to, uh, what is it, Ny- Nyamos? Niamos, whatever that island, Yeah, Miami. To the place, yeah. Star Wars Miami. Yes. And Cassian calls home and finds out about Marva and he and Melshi are standing on the beach and they're both so emotional, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. That scene is so good, and so it's just, like, so fucking devastating. These episodes, to rewatch them, now that I, like, knew what was coming and I wasn't so nervous. Because I was
1: really nervous watching all of these episodes. Yeah. Just didn't know who we were going to see suffer. Well, I mean, the the buildup in the finale alone with the music and the pre- processions, and we know that everyone's looking for Cassian, and, 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 and everyone is there. Every character yeah. is there. We've got Vel. We've got everyone. When Brasso gives Cassian Marva's wor- like personal message. Oh, my God. I mean, it makes you so proud of Cassian to know that he really goes on to do exactly what she, she says. Quote, tell him he knows everything he needs to know and feels everything he needs to feel. Which I think she's referring to that love comment mm-hmm. that she made well that's just love you know which I, mm-hmm. I loved that moment between them as well yes the quote then goes on to say and when the day comes and those two pull together he will be an unstoppable force for good and that's obviously what ends up happening with him and Jen and what they do and yeah. it's beautiful foreshadowing that she didn't get to see she didn't get to see the result of it but she knew anyway and I think that was it was perfect that Brasso was the one to give the message because he's a good guy yeah. He hits oh someone in him. the face with a brick with Marva's ashes in it. I don't have any other hero but him. <laughs> there is nobody better than him when he hits someone with her brick. I fucking love that so much. <laughs> Take that, you fascists. Yeah, right? Jesus. I and can... Can... <sighs> Go ahead. That... There's just so much to d- cover
0: i know there really is there's so much it, like the the way he and cassian hug
1: each other oh i know oh it you put it on our instagram it's the way he oh, hugs yes. Jin. gin
0: yeah <sighs> yeah there's It's <sighs> so good and it's a he's even holding on to cassian in the exact same spot like clutching his hand into the back of his shirt yes the same and that's way. not that's not an
1: accident either
0: No, it's so beautiful. And to see friends, like, two male friends hugging like that was so beautiful to me. Because a lot of the guys that I know feel that way about their friends. And especially if they've experienced loss, you know. Yes. There isn't that, like, toxic masculinity of, like, guys don't feel, you know, guys don't hug, they don't show emotion. It's none of that, like. In real life, like not in movies, with the men that I know, they show emotion and affection and comfort to each other, especially when their mother has died. You know, it was such a beautiful moment. Yeah. And then when he said that line, the last line, that what did she say exactly? Like, I love him more than anything he could do wrong. Something yes, like that.
1: Correct. Yes,
0: that brought tears to my eyes. It was so beautiful.
1: That's that's a mother's love right there.
0: Yes. To see that he was an adopted son, loved just as much. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. I think that was really beautiful.
1: Oh, it was the funeral when B2 emo. Oh, B2. I was so afraid for that droid. Me too. I was going to turn it off if they did something to him. Luckily, he made it. Cassian, I love him oh, so God. much. God, it's so
0: sad. I know. Cassian, just hug him, please. I know.
1: <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that he delivered Marva's, you know, hologram. Yes, yes. Okay, so the guy that runs out from the Empire that like throws his jacket over him or kicks him or whatever happens that stops it, yeah, that's actually Rhaegar Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Did anyone catch it? Oh, I didn't do that. Okay. I just said, "What the fuck are you doing here, Rhaegar? The fuck, <laughs> Rhaegar was short hair anyway." Game of Thrones people, if you if you saw it, yep, that happened. So I said, "He's a good guy, not a bad guy."
0: I just love that, like the minute he kicks B two over. The oh yeah, pole, it's over. The, the, everyone uh-uh. was like,
1: "Kill the empire! Yeah, <laughs> they must die." Did you happen to notice that the colors of the band? And the daughters of Ferex are essentially the colors of the rebellion, like the gold and maroon and Mm -hmm. like, you know how they wear like the mustard colored onesies and then have the Mm -hmm. red rebel symbol. Like, I, I don't think that was an accident either. (laughs) And also the squadrons are the same colors, green, red, gold. They were all represented in the square during the funeral.
0: Yes. I loved that they had a funeral dirge in a pr- procession,
1: like yes. New Orleans. Yes,
0: <laughs> that was. And I think you pointed out too that that's the Andor theme. It is right? the Andor that theme playing. that they played,
1: or Cassian's theme, or whatever you want to call it. But that's right. what they're playing.
0: I thought that was so great. I love that because, and I just have to say that having grown up in a musical family, hearing the band like oh, warm up was fantastic. so nostalgic for me and funny like it cracks me up but i also love it because it's everybody's just kind of like in their own zone yeah like it's a little chaotic (laughs) yes exactly and also
1: somebody in the empire says offhand like what are they doing where's that music coming from it's coming from everywhere like what are they doing and it's like yeah they're warming up (laughs) they're getting themselves ready like that's what happens when a (laughs) when like a symphony warms up Yes, this is what a reckoning sounds
0: like. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) It was very akin to the uh, metal clanging that they were doing. Yeah, I kept thinking,
0: what a fucking community this is, right? Right? Like, who lives in a town like this where everyone is connected? (laughs) I sure don't either. It's amazing. It's actually really uh, kind of beautiful to see. And I just have to say,
1: the bell... Ringer kicking yes. a stormtrooper out of the tower Absolutely. Epic. Listen, I knew that that man had it from like the first episode we saw him, but I didn't realize he took his job that seriously. That man is everything. I love him. It was so good. It was I was so like, yes, satisfying. nothing is going to stop that man from doing that job. Nothing. And then the cut away to see the body just like yeah, right? fly out <laughs> of the tower.
0: It was so good.
1: Very gratifying. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, we should do, we have to do like an episode where we just look at Rogue One parallels because there are just so many. Like even the way Cassian is supporting Bix on the way out is oh, the gosh. way Jin is supporting him at the end of Rogue One. Then Marva as a hologram and Galen Erso as a hologram. Yes. <laughs> like,
1: it's so cool. It's, There's so much. It was the wrap up that I was hoping for. Uh, but yeah. we did get to hear part of the manifesto. Did you remember that part oh, where yes. he he's playing it? It's at a very so important good. part. The quote goes, if I may read it, because I think it's important. Yes, please. It's so symbolic of today, yesterday, and all of Star Wars fantasy and real life. It yes. says, Karis Nemec, Nemec, however you pronounce it, he says, quote, The Imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks, it leaks. Authority is brittle. Oppression is the mask of fear. The day will come when all these skirmishes and battles, these moments of defiance, will have flooded the banks of the Empire's authority and then there will be one too many. One single thing will break the siege. Remember this. Try. I love that. Try. The thing that struck me
0: while rewatching it is Cassian is the thing that breaks the siege. Yeah. They show him kind of, they're framing him from behind and he's like kind of in a circle of light. And then as they say that, they cut to his face. Mm-hmm. And it, it really hit home to me all of a sudden that he's one of the most important characters in Star Wars. Yeah. Because he was at Aldani and he's the reason Aldani was successful which was the statement that the rebellion is taking place, that, like, insurrection against the Empire is now an organized thing. Mm -hmm. And then he's also the reason the Death Star plans were successful. Like, he got them all the way to the finish line, again, sacrificing his own body along the way. Yeah. If they had never accomplished either of those two things, the rebellion would never be what it became in the rest of all, all the rest of Star Wars. So, I think it's kind of cool that this quiet, kind of understated character. Right. Who's a little bit taken for granted in Rogue One as just being like a character in Rogue One. Yeah. It's like he's actually the reason the rebellion
1: is successful. The rebellion exists because of him. Well, it all hinges on the word try because him and Jin had to try. They had to try. Yeah. They had to try because otherwise, if they didn't try, they knew it was, they they were done for. Like it was yeah. over before it even began. And so I love that that manifesto quote, that part highlighting Cassian ended on the word try. Because it's a yes. reminder to all of us, you know, you have to at least try, you know. Yeah,
0: even if you're unlikely to succeed, if you do well, nothing, then yeah. of course you'll never make a difference. Right. After <sighs> seeing that scene, I'm more convinced now that that actually is the manifesto on his jacket. In it World has One. to be. Yeah, it has. I know to be. people were saying that that seems unrealistic, because if he ever got captured, it's
1: well, like, sure, but it's a constant reminder to him of what he has to do. Yeah, and it all goes back to everything in this season one: Aldani, exactly, uh, Luthen, every everybody that was sacrificed, his mother, you know, everything. They all tried. Yeah, and it's like the
0: foundation that started giving him strength again to to take agency in his life, which he's never really had until these last few episodes. Yeah, I think it's more uh, likely that even if the manifesto's not inside the box, it's a representative of it because it's tied the same way as the manifesto and everything. I'll be interested to see how they, if they even discuss it in season two, but I loved that we got to even hear part of the manifesto because it was so beautifully written. Again, like, thanks for reading the quote because it's. I thought that was absolutely remarkable.
1: Well, you know, his character with, doing the manifesto and the way that he had like uh philosophies and stuff is a little bit like cheer it, right they're they're like the soul behind mm-hmm. what's going on physically you know they yeah. have this presence that's more soulful more i don't want to say religious but almost like a spiritual a belief yeah and they put it so eloquently and i i think you know it takes a bunch in every group, there's always the one, right? That's like the soul. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the spirit. But we haven't even talked about Mon Mothma yet.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Her stuff is so good. She <laughs> is a plotting, deceiving, smart woman. She's turning...
0: People have been saying that she's taking the moral path, and she's proving that she is not afraid to be ruthless. She's going to... No. Let her daughter follow that old-fashioned path of marriage to protect her own finances. And she,
1: I'm sorry, she fucking threw her own husband under oh, the bus. A 100%. She knew what, she, she knew that man was listening. She knows. She knows all this shit, right? Yes, she and knew the, exactly what she was doing. I think it's hilarious that the, I just think it's hilarious that the husband didn't think anything of it. That's how stupid he is. He <laughs> no. thought that no one was listening. Are you that oblivious, sir? Anyway, I'm glad she's throwing them under the bus. She is setting up this whole thing perfectly. These are the other spokes of the wheel that have to turn in order to make this rebellion a success. And it's no wonder that she's going to rise to the top because she's, she's about to do whatever's necessary. So Luthen's doing what he's got to do. She's doing what she's got to do. Neither of them. Neither of them. Give a fuck how it's going <laughs> to, like, what they got to do to get it done. Right? <laughs> it's
0: tearing them both up a bit i i think we see that it's like a, a sacrifice that needs to be made for the greater good and will yes. be taken advantage of by people who never had to even see what they sacrificed but yep. you see how it really w- like weighs heavily on them and that speaking of that the whole speech luthen's speech when he's talking to Lonnie or oh, it's so Lenny good. Or
1: jesus christ all, is it good
0: did I call it or not about you that ginger-haired it. guy? You did, a
1: hundred percent. And I said it to you privately, but I'll say it here publicly. You fucking called that from like day one that he was somebody, and you were right. <laughs> I
0: was like, it's so I felt so validated when I found out he was actually a spy. As you like, should. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> anyway, that speech was one of the most brilliant pieces of writing and okay. acting. I well, seen. I have to. I have to read it, please. I mean, and to see it written on the page, right, and then for the actor to take that and breathe life into it. Stellan
1: Skarsgård.
0: Honestly, everyone in this show needs a fucking award, please. Absolutely, like, please, please. It's so good.
1: All right, here's the entire speech. Give me time to read this, because <laughs> it's a good Go one. It. I don't so think good. anyone's gonna complain. The question was, what do you sacrifice? And Luther responds with some of the best shit I've ever heard. And it goes like this. <laughs> Calm, kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless place. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my eagerness to fight. They've set me on a path from which there is no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost, and by the time I looked down, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. And the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything. Oh, oh my God. I like feel like tears
0: welling up in my eyes. I love the line. I burn my decency. Yeah. Ugh.
1: And and God. we see Mon Mothma doing something similar. Yeah. And if that's what it takes, that if that's what it takes, they're willing to do it. And I got chills reading that. And I can't do it. Uh, a Skarsgård justice here, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> his delivery will go. That quote will live on. It's up there with some of the the best quotes in Star Wars. A- absolutely, it's I don't incredible. know. There's one person who didn't say how moved they were by that quote. That that yes. speech. And I I even heard of people like reading
0: it out loud to family members and stuff. Shit, like, yeah. This is so incredible. I have to share it with somebody. You know, it's really amazing. And I've <sighs> seen art with.
1: Pieces of that speech in the art passed around Mm -hmm. online. It's beautiful. I mean, it's really, it's really inspiring. And it's not, it's not without grit. It's not without like something Mm -hmm. bad in it. And he knows it, but he's accepted it. It's, it's actually, it's a little bit hopeless Mm
0: -hmm. for him. Yeah. It's like he's
1: accepted that. Yeah. But he's accepted it. And I think that's just fucking amazing. His his performance, I think, was my favorite of all the characters, and every single one of them was fantastic. I mean, down to the minute facial movements of some of the even smaller characters, like you said. But he, above all, played two different characters mm-hmm. with one similar spine, we'll say. He deserves an award. They all do. <laughs> they all do. <laughs> yeah, I just
0: can't wrap my head around how good this show was i mean this is one speech and this wasn't even yeah. the only speech in that episode that was from one way out which is the yeah. same episode where kino gives his amazing speech and there's an incredible bout of dialogue between mon mothma and Devo, yeah the banker yeah that was incredible i love that he has that line a drop of discomfort maybe the price of doing business this yeah, is like, right? understatement of a lifetime. Like, yeah. holy shit. There's just so many beautiful pieces of dialogue from this entire show. I know you and I have talked about maybe doing an episode of our favorite yes. quotes. Because there's yes. just so many good ones. This is some of the best writing I've ever seen anywhere, period.
1: Like and in it's, the story. it's funny. I don't know if you've seen the scuttlebutt online of some... Individuals will say bad mouthing this show uh, for it being how do I phrase it for being a little too pedestrian. In what way? People will know what I mean when I say this, but there's been a lot of talk about how bricks shouldn't be in Star Wars. Oh, <laughs>
0: yes, I I have heard about this, and I think this is the stupidest thing I've ever
1: heard. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. This is a beautiful show. If it wasn't your cup of tea, that's fine too. That's why there are so many facets to Star Wars. The whole point is that brick
0: and mortar are foundations, and this is a foundation of a movement. Thank you. Good God. (laughs) If we gotta (laughs) spell it out, we will. Thank you, Lauren. (laughs) I just, I saw that going around, and that is the stupidest criticism I've ever heard. I don't know the context. I didn't see it. You don't need to know the context. It's it's thoughtless. I'm i I'm fine without checking out the context of that. All I could say is that there's no fucking rules about what textures exist in Star Wars. They could use whatever goddamn textures they want. Wookiees lived in trees and
1: that was okay. So Listen, that's more than okay. God damn it. Listen, I don't know if people are geologists or not. I'm not. But I know a little bit about geology. If a planet has some kind of mineral, you have to use that mineral to live on said planet. That's just the way of things. I mean, look at our planet. (laughs) Shit. Or don't. Because we're destroying it. But (laughs) look at the
0: variety, though, and we're one planet. So you want to tell me in an entire galaxy that there's not one planet that can have stone and brick? Fuck off. (laughs) Okay. And like who, you said, this is the foundation. As, as I drink out of my mug, that says, she has a love mug grows that says, here.
1: <laughs> She's got a mug off. that love that says, love grows here. It's green like the Wookiees' trees. What about the attack on the Wookiees? <laughs> That's one of my favorite quotes in Star Wars. <laughs> God, I hate that guy. <laughs> ah, he's such a buzzkill, isn't he? <laughs> Fucking get out always. of here, Monday. Mundi.
0: Oh, Master Monday, always throwing water on the fire. <laughs> oh, my God, I hate him so much. Okay, um, real quick, at least I want to talk about the last scene with Cassian and Luton yes. in the show. Yes, yes.
1: Well, that's how we'll oh, end this episode.
0: I knew... Cassian was going to be there because he knew where the ship was and he had already put it together. After seeing Luthan in the town square, he knew Mm -hmm. why he was there. And so the fact that he went there and was waiting for him and he said, kill me or take me in. And he has tears in his eyes. Yeah. That, (sighs) can we just say finally that Diego Luna is... Just yeah, fucking excellent. Like, yes. The way he shows emotion in this, you can tell he's emotional every time, but he never gets melodramatic. No, you're right.
1: You're right. Yeah. It's very realistic. It is. It's a hardened kind of, just kill me. I'm fine with it. I just lost everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, have you ever had a pain that was so painful that if you actually started to, like, show the emotion, you would lose control? Yes. So it's like you... You actually hold onto it really tightly. You feel the emotion. You even get teary-eyed. But if you let it take over, you lose control. So that is, to me, and you could see him take a breath after Mm Luthen kind of smiles.
1: Well, I loved Luthen's smile. Yes. It's it's what he wanted all along. But he wanted it to be genuine. He wanted Cassian to want it. And he did. He got it. He got there he's come full circle and i wonder if
0: if i kind of wondered cuz he keep taking they keep saying that they've taken an oath and i was like is that the oath did he just give it without knowing it probably <laughs> i loved that scene it was good it, and I they don't overwrite the show, right? So there are these long monologues where people give these incredible speeches. Yeah. and then there are scenes where barely any dialogue is exchanged and they're still so deeply meaningful. like yeah. I even think about Cyril coming to back to Ferx and he's sitting next to the sergeant and they swap hats and they swap hats. Yeah, that was simple it was simple and very effective. Yes, no words. We totally understand these weirdos. <laughs> yes <laughs> It's true. It was so great. I, I just, I don't know if I can survive waiting two years for the next season. Well, the problem is, is I'm going to forget. Maybe not,
1: but my memory is terrible. Mine is too. I'll have to just rewatch it, I guess. Well, we should rewatch it together because... Oh, that'd be fun. Do an and or rewatch. Oh, me and you would pause every five minutes and be like, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, we missed that. Oh, that's a symbol for something. But that's why we love each other, right? Well, and you know how we'd watch Clone Wars and just rewind it so much that we would glitch out the program we were watching. We did. It we did glitch it out, but that was just to look at Obi-Wan's <laughs> hair and his eyes sometimes. So <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I would do the same thing with Cassian. This is true.
1: <laughs> no shame.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that, uh, that last
1: post credit scene then? Uh, that one will hurt a little bit because now we know what they were making. And now we know that Cassian had a hand in it, but we know he has a hand in taking it down too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's was... very double-edged. <laughs> it's, it's painful. It is, right? It's
0: so sad because he's so passionate in Rogue One about uh, Galen Erso making it. Yes, he's really angry about it and wants kind of like justice for that. And it's like, oh, well, you made it too, sweetheart. <laughs> but he doesn't know, and that's, that's the shittiest part. I know, and hopefully he'll never know, because that would just be horrific. No, I I just, oh God. As they say, Uh, is Bartok the Bat says in Anastasia, this can only end in tears. Yes. (laughs) That's
1: okay. That's why we're here. (laughs) Crying over Star Wars. It's our profession. It's our profession. The question we have for you this week is... How do you feel about Andor as a whole? Did you feel that it came full circle? Were you pleased? We've discussed all the things that we loved about it, and the finale itself, we gave it 10 out of 10, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. So what's your score for the the series as a whole? If I would have heard the first two episodes, I would give it a 10 out of 10, but I'm going to have to give it a 9 out of 10 for the entire series because I'm pretty sure I still don't know if I heard anything in the first two episodes. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On a score from 1 to 10, what's your what's your score for the entire series? Let us know.
0: 11. This one goes to 11.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: it's one eye, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, join us back here next week. We're going back to our usual fair. We're going to talk some Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, we are. And Darth Maul. We're going to talk about Obi-Wan and Maul's relationship. And I think we're going to do this as
1: a two-parter because there's a lot to dig into. And I mean... We're starting from the top and going through the entire fucked up relationship between those two. And it is definitely fucked up. It is really a twisted thing. And And we love it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for their support. If you would like to support the podcast and become a patron as well, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. And you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate us on Spotify and or Apple. And if you haven't seen it, we have an amazing website. And you can find everything you need right there on mostthingskenobi.com. So until
0: next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. And
1: fuck the empire.